Traveling the Vortex We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 576, How Diddly Deet You. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. Everybody have a nice have a good Christmas? Christmas? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it's having good. a very strange craving for baby. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you remind me of the babe. What babe? Um, power. <laughs> uh, did you guys get any uh, fun Doctor Who related Christmas gifts? We know that Keith did. <laughs> well, yes. Just tonight. Sean, Sean got me an awesome mug that says Wibbly Wobbly Coffee Waffy. And then on the other side, it's bigger on the inside, <laughs> along with a, a thing of coffee. And Glenn got me a very awesome Firefly shiny dice board game that I'm looking forward to trying to try out at some point, along with. Uh, a game called Left Center Right Dice Game that hopefully I can play soon. Well, that was nice of him. Yeah. <laughs> it was nice. Nice of both of you guys. Thank you. Keith got me a um, Geeky Tiki, which was the Mickey Mouse mug. And we talked a little bit about this last year because he got me the um, Dalek one last year. And then uh, Sean got me, uh, I know what it is. I wanted to read it first. Perfect. The Magical World of Disney Trivia Game, which is very cool. Probably stuff you already know. Well, that's okay. I, so you, I can dominate you the really trivia in this one, too. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe the floor with everyone. <laughs> you, are, is it that way at your house? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we, we people, got all these... people won't play games with me, because especially ones that I know really well. Yeah, we have all these movie trivia games, and nobody wants to play them. And I'm like, I will... I will referee. I don't even have to be on a team. Right? They're like, no. I'll, I'll ask the questions. Come on. Let me be the Alex Trebek. Now we're going to play something else. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of games, Glenn got me a very cool an adventure game by Prospero Hall, The Goonies Never Say Die, which is a Funko game, and it... Uh, it kind of looks like a role-playing set. I wonder if he's trying to hint at something that he's chomping <laughs> at the bit to uh, to roll some dice. I don't know. Maybe. I we had a lot of fun. Last one. We had a lot of fun with that one last time. We did. Yeah. I would have thought after that one he would have run for the hills. But <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this was already wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I also got a Geeky Tiki from Keith. Mine is The Rocketeer. Sweet. And it is cool. Thank you both. Yes. Yeah. You're very welcome. Among my other Doctor Who gifts, I got a uh, Magic the Gathering Universes Beyond Doctor Who Commander deck, the one with the pa past Doctors, so the Blast from the Past set, which has Ooh. all the original Doctors up until eight and several companions. I, I'll tell you, the set's really cool, and I'm looking forward to play it, although I've got to find somebody else with a commander deck so that I can play it, because the nice thing about the commander decks is it's a deck ready to play. So it's already oh, nice. put together for you, and you can right out of the gate play, but it, you have to have somebody else with a deck or a commander deck in order to play it. So so I've just been ogling the, the pictures. But the, <laughs> the crazy thing about it is there are some pictures in here that are really questionable. Their likenesses are nothing. There'll be some like... <laughs> I think the fourth doctor is pretty good. Um, tenth doctor is pretty good. There's a little bit of a weird, slight something about him. And I'm not sure. But then you'll get somebody like Romana, too. It looks absolutely nothing like Romana, too. So it's huh. kind of weird. I don't know if it was a likeness issue. Maybe they couldn't get the likeness rights for some people. But uh, And then I got the uh, Cyberman, that big uh, ultimate comic strip collection from the pages of Doctor Who magazine, Cyberman. So it's it's all the collected uh, Cybermen comics from Doctor Who magazine over the years, which was really cool. And then the other Doctor Who related thing, I got some books and some other games, but the other Doctor Who related game that I got, or a thing I got was a game called uh, Race to the TARDIS, which is a uh, board game. And you're, I don't necessarily know if you're, oh, you, I think you are playing as one of the incarnations of the Doctor. Everybody is. <coughs> And your TARDIS has been scattered across time and space, and you have to go the, around the board trying to collect the, the three different pieces of the TARDIS that are to get your TARDIS working again. So that's kind of cool. 
Oh, that sounds cool. Let us know how that game is. Sounds fun. Yeah. How about you guys? Any other uh, Doctor Who or geeky things you got? I got uh, Doctor Who blankets, Ooh. a new fuzzy blanket, uh, and then I got some Doctor Who socks. Mm. So I can wear those to work. <laughs> you can wear <laughs> Along them anywhere, with some, but... <laughs> Well, yeah, it's true, but I, I tend to wear those socks. To, right. Those, those kind of socks to work because I, I like to wear colorful or decorative socks at work. Uh, and then I also got some some Star Wars ones from Rock'em Socks. Mm, cool. I think most of my other gifts were, you know, I got RAM for the laptop, so it's a little better and a little faster. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. A new uh, Blu-ray drive for the PlayStation, so we won't read DVDs. You know, practical things that I find a lot of fun, but right, listeners right. probably won't enjoy. New right. porch light. <laughs> <laughs> I got a new porch light. A new porch light. <laughs> Hey, it's got a dusted on and an outlet built into it. It's, oh, that's cool. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> it's more than just a porch light. Shall, shall we talk about our gutters? <laughs> light bulb I don't have gutters. to worry about that anymore. I got gutter guards. <laughs> oh, when did that happen? I'm kidding. I'm house. really not that interested. <laughs> well, what about you, Sean? What kind of geeky gifts did you get? Uh, I got a couple of uh, keychains. Uh, one is a little pewter, um, I, I don't know if it's actually pewter or not, it's some sort of metal, um, of the uh, Enterprise D mm. from uh, Star Trek. And the other one is uh, kind of a, a flat with raised markings uh, for in the shape of the Millennium Falcon. But on the back, where the engine compartment would be in the little circles, that is all hollowed out and it's, uh, you know, you can, it's, it's got a hole in it for a bottle cap opener. Oh, <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. That's what I thought. I was like, oh, I have not seen anything like that. So that's kind of cool. And then uh, I was telling you earlier about my uh, my my very cool official bicycle brand Back to the Future cards, uh, which have kind of a foil embossed back to them and some very cool mm-hmm. stylized artwork on the front. And Mel and I have been playing hand and foot a lot uh, this week, which has been great. Um. Other than that, I'm kind of in the same boat. I got a little, uh, uh, you know, I got some, uh, I got some comfy pants. I got some, uh, um, oh, like a little, uh, it's like a little floodlight, um, but it's motion activated and they're designed, they're LED and they're designed to go inside as opposed mm-hmm. to like, you know, an outside for the yard thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we put them on the steps going down the stairs. Oh, okay. Oh, Nice. And then I was going, hey, this would be great in a closet. Y'all have that one <laughs> closet where there's no light fixture or anything in there. And right, you know, it's right. in the hall. I'm going to get some for that. Yeah, I'm all excited <laughs> about that. So, yeah. Here we are talking about lights again. <laughs> <laughs> we just can't get away from it. We just can't get away with it. Oh, God, it's actually a light bulb. Oh, man. All together now. Light bulb. <laughs> Would you guys uh, do anything else besides uh, Christmas? You guys get anything watched recently? Anything we good? finished Archer, mm. which is now done. And uh, I, I have to say, I know the show is not to everybody's taste. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. And the three-part finale, I have to say, probably ranks up there as one of the most satisfying series conclusions I have ever seen. Mm. Everybody had a moment, uh, lots of laughs, and as it barreled toward that kind of inevitable uh, uh, finale, um, but it did it in a way that was, like, very accepting. Yeah. And, Hmm. you know, I'm like, well, I'm sad the show's gone, but, man, that was the way to go out. (laughs) So... That was cool, and um, I listened to a couple of books. I don't know if I told you guys I started the uh, Harry Dresden novels, and oh, okay. uh, uh, they had those at the library on uh, CD. So since we were in a, in a in a holding pattern with our Doctor Who audios, I had to have something else in the car. <laughs> so uh, I listened to, and of course I'm not going to be able to remember the names of them now, but uh, listened to the first one. And thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, mm. it was a lot of fun and uh, funny and witty. And, um, you know, Harry's a wizard mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> all the things that go along with that. 
Uh, the second one was called Fool's Moon and dealt with werewolves and lycanthropes and loop garou, hmm. which apparently are all different things, at least in yeah. this universe. Sure. And I'm about halfway through the third one. And uh, he is uh, being hunted by the ghost of a demon, which may or may not be controlled by the vampiric council. Hmm. And I have to say, one of the things that I've really appreciated about these books so far is that there is no mythology that is off limits. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it is all welcome and probably going to be pissed at Harry over something. So <laughs> that's been a lot of fun so far. Very good. I've heard those are good. What about I you, I think you'd Keith? dig them. Uh, we finished The Crown, which... I know I'd been kind of eh on the season, but I think it ended fairly soon. It, it ended in a way that felt like a resolution, but also, you know, they're not going to make more, but it felt incomplete just because, you know, the story isn't over yeah. in general. Right. So I don't think there was a really a, a real concrete way to end the show the way they were doing things just because you set up plot lines to because uh, that's what's going on and you just don't get to see them to fruition like william and kate so you kind of see their courtship a little bit and then the show ends and you, you we know what happens but we don't get to see what happens so it's, it's kind of a mixed bag a little bit but still definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen that yeah and then i read the novelization of the giggle which was really well done. They, James Goss did a phenomenal job adapting that, not only in adding additional stuff, but the structuring of how he did it was really clever. When I saw that he was the one that wrote that one, I thought he was probably the perfect author for that. Yeah, he, all the chapters are moves. Mm. And you get to like the section where they're running through all the hallways. And when once they split up, it goes into a choose-your-own-adventure style. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, it's really, it's really, really clever. So it's a game, and, game within a book. <laughs> yeah, and there's even like certain chapters or moves are just like crossword puzzles and you know a couple other different individual page type games that you can play. It's really, really cool, and part of it goes into from the toy maker's perspective while telling the story. It's mm. it's all done Ooh. so well. It's really good. Wow. It doesn't add a whole lot of depth to the story overall, but it, it just structurally, it, it makes, I think, the, the story feel a little more even, too, than what the, the TV show had. Well, I have them all loaded up on my Kindle, so I'm going to start them soon. So, such quick reads, real, yeah. real easy. <laughs> um, something that I, we talked about last week, I, uh, caught, I'm all caught up now on um, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Sean, have you been watching that? I have. I think we are about two or three episodes behind, though. We kind of fell behind with the, okay. the holidays. Yeah. Um, well, I just saw... Yes, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. I just saw last week's episode that came out, I think, on Friday, so just the other day. So, man, that, that show is so much fun. That is such a good show. Um, and then I watched uh, the season two of The Santa Clauses. Which, oh, how was that? We haven't started You know, <laughs> I, I think I enjoyed the first season better, but this one was fun. It was... I uh, Eric... San, uh, Eric stone street is uh kind of the antagonist in this um if you could call him an antagonist um <laughs> but he he's playing a version of an, an old viking version of santa claus which is, is fantastic he he's probably he steals the show in it really um but yeah it's a lot of fun like i said i think i liked last season's better because conceptually it worked because of the the direction they took it this time it's almost like, okay, the whole family is, you know, it's going to be a family business and now it's the family dealing with the business, but it's almost like, okay, there was this ending last time of everybody's going to do something to help out. And now it's kind of like going through those motions of, is this really going to work? And so it takes a little while to get off the ground, but yeah, the, the dynamic ends up being pretty good. They all say who this is Tim Trelaw. This is David J. Howe. I'm Peter Purvis. I am Sadie Miller. This is Lauren Cornelius. Larry, it's Fraser. For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world and beyond, the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I'm Larry Van Mersberg and your host, and I've been collecting for 42 years. 
You're listening to Traveling the Vortex on the Direction Point Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram. Time Ram's a cruel mistress. It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 30, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time Ram. Putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to Travelling the Vortex. I did do one other thing, but that's going to be my something new two-minute review. I got a chance to listen to, and this is a follow-up from from Keith's review last week. Um, He did Audacity. Uh, The follow-up, the most recent Eighth Doctor adventure, is In the Bleak Midwinter, and it features Audacity and Charlie, and takes place, all three stories actually, take place at Christmas time. The first story is really kind of cool. It's done, it's called 24 Doors in December. Uh, by John Dorney, and it's done sort of advent calendar, calendar style. The Each of the characters will start with, like, a, they'll, they'll read a date and then, like, an action or something or location or whatever, and then there'll be a you know, piece of the story. And uh, Charlie Audacity and the Doctor have decided to settle down in a house <coughs> that the Doctor has in London and for the month of December, and they're going to enjoy Christmas. And uh, they're putting together kind of a charity event for kids that don't necessarily have, I guess, needy kids at Christmas. And they end up hiring a Santa Claus who is seeing apparitions of audacity and Charlie and a little girl. And it's, it's freaking him out and he doesn't know what's going on. Um, it all kind of comes ahead at the end, which I, I, I really enjoyed it. It, it was, it sets you up to think that maybe something else is happening and then it kind of pulls the wool uh, over your eyes and changes the direction. And so I kind of like the bait and switch they do at the end. The next one was called the empty man. This one wasn't near as strong, but, uh, written by Tim Foley. It's about a radio broadcaster. Um, kind of reminds me of a, like an Edgar Allan Poe or a, or a Vincent Price type, although he writes and reads his own stories out, uh, on the broadcast. Um, and he's the, the weird thing about it is the doctor thinks he should know who this guy is, but he doesn't. And so that kind of starts the mystery of it. The The story kind of backtracks into how they encounter him. Um, and it kind of fizzles at the end, I, I think, um, but not as strong of a story, but interesting concept. And then the last one is uh, Winter the Demon, um, which has uh, a, I guess he's, I don't want to say he's an inventor, but he's this guy who has unveiled a plan to revolutionize the city with electric light but the source of the electric light is not necessarily (laughs) um what you'd think and so the doctor has to kind of discover the mystery there's a this one has more of an old classic doctor who feel for some reason i can't quite put my finger on why um but and it's a good thing it's not bad it's not a bad thing at all but uh it's really an enjoyable story all of the characters, again, um, and as they did on Audacity, they gel so well. They, they, they work well together as characters, and I really enjoy all three of them anytime they're on the scene. Audacity still tends to steal the show, though. She's so far still the best part of these stories. So, And that's my uh, something new two-minute review. I listened to, to it all as well, and I don't have to concur um, with everything you said. I feel bad that I'm kind of out of the loop on this one. No, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's all right. Listening to you guys well, after, talk about how great it is, and I'm like, huh, that's cool. After finishing Audacity, I did want to jump ahead and listen to the next Just one. Just keep too. going. And, yeah, I, yeah, I, I felt yeah. the same way. As soon as I finished Audacity, I was like, yeah, I'm going to go on. Of course, I had part of that is because Audacity is such a great character yeah, so far. I had decided to read to do Audacity though because I wanted to get to <laughs> the Christmas stories. So. You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Goldbranson, Asad Cheshki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire Who-niverse. On Shuffle. 
The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Traveling the Vortex. We are going on a journey, a very long journey, through the world of the Target novelizations and publication order. Every week, we are looking at a new book, talking about Terrace Dix, Malcolm Hulk, and all our Doctor Who novelization friends. Whatever you do, keep turning the pages. This is Jason Miller of the Doctor Who Literature Podcast, a member of the Direction Point Podcast Network, and you are listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Podcast. All right, well, let's move on uh, to the next bit, which is news. A little bit of sad news. The actor Richard Franklin, who played Mikey Yates, uh, has passed away at the age of 87. He died early on Christmas morning after a long illness. Very sad. Yeah, very. Kind of a gut punch. I think I saw that late Christmas day, I think it was, was when I first saw the, the news of that. And I thought, oh, kind of a that's kind of a dour thing to happen on Christmas. I mean, it's, it's a dour thing to happen any day, but Christmas yeah. is just that little edge of an extra gut punch. And I, I don't know who you saw it from first, but I saw it from Katie Manning. Oh, is that right? Um, yeah. Who was and that? I saw that like a couple of days before she had gone to visit him and posted a picture. And then that day I saw another picture and a caption about him passing. And I was like, oh. I had posted, but no better person to hear it from. I had posted it in Messenger to you guys, and I can't remember. I think maybe it was Chicago Tardis that had announced it when I saw it. So, Doctor Who's official Instagram later also did a, a post for him, which mm. I thought was a nice touch. That is nice. He was the sweetest guy. Met I, him at uh, was it Galley? I think it was Galley. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I, I never got a chance to meet him. He was there the, the I think the second year you guys went without me. Oh, go ahead and rub that in. It's not like I left you at home. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I, I didn't the mean that. You went without <laughs> me. The second year you went that I didn't go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, that's better. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, he will be missed. Yes, he will. Well, let's top that off with a little better news. Something a little happier. We know now that the new season, season one, will return May 2024. Season one. And in the the release, it says we also see an all-star lineup, including returnees Yasmin Finney Mm -hmm. and Bonnie Langford, who will reprise their roles as Rose Noble and Mel Bush, as well as introducing Jinx Monsoon as a doctor's most powerful enemy yet. Jonathan Groff in a mysterious key role, Indira Varma as the Duchess, and Lenny Rush as Morris, to name just a few. Mm-hmm. So only a few scant months to wait. Yeah. Somebody pointed out that there were a lot of people that were kind of lamenting the fact that it was you know coming back in the spring, but it's coming up back in late spring. And a lot of people were lamenting that. But somebody else pointed out on Twitter, I saw that, well, if you think about it, May is five months from now. So five months from now, we'll get Doctor Who. And May, they'll run into about July. And then after July, it'll be about five more months before the Christmas special. So then you only have to be waiting five months. So we're actually going to get smaller gaps between the episode or between the seasons or between Doctor Who. And so then if they continue that trend, you're only going to have to wait five months for Doctor Who each time for at least the next three seasons. So That's a good point. Yeah. But that's so long. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we've gone longer, that's for sure. No, yes, we have. (laughs) Well, I'm excited. Yeah. And uh, if the church on Ruby Road is any indication of what the series is going to be like, bring it on. Hello, fellow time travelers, and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whip, and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert, who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. 
we also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. Let's jump into our review. Long ago on Christmas Eve, a baby was abandoned in the snow. Today, Ruby Sunday meets the doctor. Stolen babies, goblins, and perhaps the secret of her birth. Bum, bum, bum. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd give it a little more resounding bum, bum, bum. Um, it's not, it, it's not Doctor Who that we're used to, though. And I like that. I think it's a refreshing take on the series. And I think it's something I, I have always been an apologist for the 13th doctor. I've never felt that the stories were as bad as people have said. They weren't the greatest stories. There were some real good nuggets in there, but it, the doctor who has had an element of doom or impending doom stories for a long time where Mm -hmm. they don't feel as light and they don't feel as fun. There are light and fun moments, but it seems like since probably since Capaldi started all the way up through Jody, there's just been kind of this mood of Dr. Who and not that it was a negative thing, but it was just a certain thing that we, we were kind of a mood we were in this, uh, including the specials have completely changed that mood into something different. And, not that this these are like monumentally better than anything that's come before, but it's such a change of pace for the series that I think it's kind of the the refresh that was needed. Yeah, tonally it 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 almost has a I think similarity to Rose, also in its storytelling. You know, the fact that it's so much focused on Ruby as opposed to the Doctor, and he's in the background for so much of the first part of it until you know that awesome roof sequence mm-hmm. I, I mean we get little sprinkles of him here and there but i mean we get the focus f- turned back on the companion where we did you know when the show came back however long ago that was and i think combined with that and the tone tonal change like you were talking about that almost drops the baggage of everything that's coming before because it f- did well the references are one thing. It does feel like this is a doctor, as we saw at the end of the giggle, that has let his trauma heal mm-hmm. and is moving on to new adventures. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't felt like that, you're right, since Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. Matt Smith was that last, <gasps> okay, here's new, but then we quickly went into, you know, heavy, you know, oh no, it's my death sort of situation mm-hmm. um, and dreading what's coming forward as opposed to being excited about it. So the, the fact that they're done this complete change of tone and the change of focus, at least for this episode, I think made it pretty strong. Even And that that's what helps the story itself not be as strong. The plot and you know, what's going on in the story because it's focusing and setting up on the characters and setting up that new tone and establishing this new doctor that the framing that all of that is hanging on isn't quite as strong as other stories might be, or even other stories in the 60th run that we've had, Mm -hmm. but it's okay because it's all establishing those, those new aspects of the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I agree. Um, there has been, I don't want to say doom and gloom, but there, there, there's definitely kind of been a, a cloud hanging over mm-hmm. a who for a while. Um, and as I said, pre-show, we watched the snowman, uh, the Christmas special. Talk and, about a moody doctor. <laughs> oh man. I had forgotten just how grumpy and brooding and it kind of took me a minute. It was like, oh yeah, he's, you know, still he's just lost his best friend yeah he's lost over the ponds and uh so that was a that was a thing and when you 
you, you look at it, especially kind of that moment where we lose Amy and Rory, and then we've got Clara with the impossibleness, and then we've got the death, and then we've got, well, we got out of it. And now he is kind of a grumpy old man with Capaldi mm -hmm. and more alien and going through that kind of routine and building up to the, uh, you know, the inevitable there. And then the, the flux story arc with Jody, it's been kind of dark mm -hmm. for a while. Yeah. There have been some very massive, heavy themes, very heavy, very heavy, heavy themes. themes. Yeah. And so when at the end of the giggle, when he said that, you know, we're doing the, therapy out of order i'm okay because you'll get okay mm -hmm. uh and just what a what a cool concept that was but then to actually see it and uh, you know i think we're going to have a lot of comparisons to matt smith with shudigawa because he has that kind of very high energy uh you know excited for life bouncing off the wall childlike wonder childlike mm -hmm. wonder and a lot of that but whereas with Matt Smith, it, it was very childlike wonder and kind of dumbfounded excitement over, oh, this is something new and I don't know what's going on and how cool is that? Let's go find out. Mm -hmm. Shooty kind of exhibits this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> like, it doesn't phase him. Like, the, if he didn't find out, he'd have been okay. If he does find out, he'll still be okay. I mean, it's <laughs> it's hard to put my finger on yet. Mm -hmm. He's kind of um, dropped that wanting to know it all sort of situation of being flummoxed that, well, there's something I don't know. What do you mean? Yeah. He, he's more to go a little go with the flow of, mm -hmm. I don't know what this is. That's awesome. I'm, I want to learn about it. Yep. And the same holds true for the companion auditioning. So previously, when the doctor is auditioning for a companion, there's almost a mental list. There's a checklist. And you can see him crossing like, okay, so are you going to ask a question? Or are you, you know, how's your scream? Are you going to annoy me? Uh, you know, it's like a job interview. And it's all going on in his head behind his eyes. And with Shooty, as the adventure unfolded with, with Ruby, he didn't seem to be taking stock of her necessarily. Because he instantly cued into the fact that while she asked questions, she didn't necessarily ask the redundant, this can't be happening. Oh my God. What is the thing? It was just goblins. Okay. What do we do now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, she was just on board with it from the get go. <laughs> and, uh, I, I think kind of instantly he was like, yeah, even though he was poking fun at her on the roof. Who sees a ladder and just thinks, yeah, I'll have, a, I'll have a go at that. Even though he's poking fun at her, I think he knew then. Anybody who was willing to jump on a floating ladder in the middle of the sky up on a roof is somebody I'd like to hang out with. Right, right. Oh, yeah, that, she passed an, her audition Immediately right there. she has that sense of heroics. <clears throat> so all of that was, was, was quite very cool. The, the plot itself, I mean, it's a Christmas story, mm -hmm. so it's got to be big and outlandish and ridiculous, and it was. Um, it reminded me a lot, honestly, of Smith and Jones, where we kind of get a lot of setup for Martha as a companion, and the Doctor, at least initially, is there and then gone and not really in it, and then you know begins to have a more... A prominent role mm -hmm. uh, and there's even a little bit of timey wiminess in that one it's the tie and in this one it's the oh, i'm gonna go back and check and see what's going on here so i think structurally it, it felt a little familiar and while it was fun and you know christmas i love shudigawa i can say that already off the bat um what's the actress's name that plays ruby uh millie uh, Gibson Gibson Millie yes. Gibson I love Millie Gibson I think she's going to be fantastic I think my jury is still out on the character of Ruby at least a little bit and not that I think she's going to be bad at all just that I still feel like I don't know enough about her mm. to be emotionally invested in her mm. because this episode did so much exposition and so much verbal 
vomit of here's what's going on blah, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, of all this kind of stuff um, that you just kind of got swept up in it and, uh, you know, carried along and then it ended and it was like, okay. <laughs> so while she showed a lot of agency in her moments and we got a huge chunk of backstory about you know, okay, she's adopted, she lives with his family, they do foster stuff, and you know, I mean, they really kind of built that 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 ground floor with all of that. But I still feel like I don't really know who she is. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I think that's kind yeah, of where I, I, I can I could see that. We we definitely learned her history and her backstory, and it's a very complex and I and th this is where the weight of the story comes from. I mean, shedding right. a light on the foster care aspect of society and how some families are out there that will get a baby on Christmas Eve and be happy about it. I, mm -hmm. I think that's a great um, showcase of what can be done in, in the world to help kids uh, when they need it the most. And having Ruby go through that and be adopted, I, I think is all all really good stuff and an interesting backstory for her. But I, I think I can see what you're saying about we really don't know much about her yet and what she likes because so much of what we know and what she displayed is her history. And obviously her parents and if it's the same person, the the lady who dropped off or the person in the cloak who dropped yeah. her off at the church are going to play a huge role in the show to come. Well, that's why I was going to say is I think that that's mostly calculated. I think the reason why we got a lot of her history, but not a lot of her character is the fact that that's what's going to be explored, at least in this first season. And I think because of the fact that we've got this mystery woman that's dropped her off, we've got the fact that Davina McCall couldn't come up with, you know, her ancestry or her where she was from couldn't find her parents and from my understanding davina mccall who's actually a real person that does a show that does that um yeah. the track record's pretty good so to not be able to find uh ruby sunday's parents is, is kind of going to be that's kind of a tough thing but um so i think that that was calculated i think the reason though the, why they did that is because there's going to be a lot of that building in the uh in the next season I, I, I do think we did learn a decent, I mean, maybe not so much in their talking, but by her actions, we learned, enough, at least for me, enough about Ruby to like her, of the fact mm -hmm. that she yeah. is willing to climb up there and chase after the goblins to try to get the, the baby back. And, you know, has that sense of responsibility and sense of excitement of, I'm going to go do what I need to do because I got to go save this baby. I mean, there's <laughs> some people who would just sit around and go, oh, no, it's been taken. Oh, no, oh, no. And and she's obviously not that kind of person. So that right. tells us quite a bit about her as a character besides her backstory. I think what else tells us a lot about her character is when the goblins, when they go back to take her as a baby and the timeline changes around mm -hmm. the, the doctor and around the family, not knowing her, not remembering her. A lot is said in the way that their lives are different from the way their lives were when Ruby was around. And how much, how sad, how much more sad their yes, life is. Their life is nowhere near. Exactly. And so I think they, that in itself did a lot to paint a picture of what type of person, what sort of influence Ruby has been on other people's lives as well. And I thought that was really, really well done. Really well crafted. Agreed. Very much a uh, kind of it's a wonderful life moment. You see how many, mm -hmm. how many lives one person touches. Mm -hmm. And I really like that the fact that once he goes back and fixes it, the crack is then back in the roof. Right. I thought uh, I was a little worried there for a minute that what, well, it's now just a quick, easy fix again. Right. Like we have. Like the street in the Starbucks. <laughs> like the street was again. And, and the fact that, no, it wasn't that. It was time was rewriting itself to take her out of the equation. And then when she's back, the crack is back and it's still a problem they have to deal with. I thought that was, that was Which very nicely done. They don't deal with, they leave. No. Both of them leave so that mom has to deal with the draft with a new On baby Christmas in the Day. house. <laughs> with a sick mother and a baby in the house. And Cherry was fantastic. I, I absolutely her. loved her. 
<laughs> get her some tea. <laughs> right. <laughs> Please get the woman some tea. <clears throat> uh, what do you think of the goblins aspect? The, 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 the fantastical nature of this show, which I will say I'm, I'm accepting it wholeheartedly. It is one of those things that I think Sean and I especially have talked about in the fat past where we kind of want that scientific explanation for our Doctor Who. But I think what has done it for me is just that um, that one little element from Wild Blue Yonder where the Doctor makes the, the point that he's invoked superstition at the end, at the edge of the universe and that's going that could uh, you know allow this sort of stuff to come in and i think that that's kind of what's opened the door for what we're going to see coming this season and i think we're going to see a lot more fantasy well i think russell t davis has even said we're going to see more fantasy elements to doctor who and i think i'm ready for that i think it i'm kind of welcoming that because i've got enough of an explanation for why it has happened and so i'm going to be a lot more accepting as these kind of fantastical things happen. Um, so I absolutely was on board with these goblins. I loved it. He obviously ripped a lot of this idea from, I mean, there, there's a little bit of wonderful life in there. There's obviously a little bit of labyrinth in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I thought the goblins was a neat thing. They didn't have to be a mystery to solve. They were, but they didn't have to be this real deep mystery The the doctor just kind of accepts that they're there. He doesn't necessarily, you know, doctors in the past would have tried to figure out where they came from, why they're here. What's their, you know, uh, what's the motivation of, no, it's just goblins that take and steal babies and eat them. I mean, that's, it's just simply that the doctor's willing to accept that and figure out how to, you know, uh, fix this situation so i I liked that about it as well yeah and i was okay with it because i mean since they didn't delve into the history of the goblins we don't know if they're mythical or if they're actually aliens that just have come and like to eat babies from earth i mean we don't know anything about the goblins other than that they gobble things up which I had never put one and two, two and two together on that as far as the name goes. And now, now I can't unhear it. It's, it makes total sense. They're called goblins because they gobble things up. I, wow. Uh-huh. Jared Jer- Jer- has really let himself go. Yeah, really? <laughs> no, I agree with you. I think the, the fantasy element, I mean, we haven't really had a, a heavy influence of it. And not even so much fantasy, but the, the, certainly the Matt Smith years felt a little more fairy, fairy tale. tale. Yeah. And so I, I think, uh, and I don't know, is it a coincidence that we're going into the full fantasy now that Disney is involved? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that's a bit of a stretch of a connection. Well, I well, mean, RTD has already come out and said that because of the toy maker, he felt like he could go this direction. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's I think it's coincidental because I don't think they had finalized the Disney stuff before he even started mapping out the season. Uh, or the the series for the next few years. So I think he probably already had it in mind. It's just coincidental that it is it's landed on Disney at this time as well. Probably was the element that sold it to Disney maybe. You know, maybe he came into it and they looked in, at it and said, "Oh, you know, this is this is kind of kind of in our wheelhouse." So Although did you see that Disney did was able to provide some feedback on this episode and they made some changes in according to it. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, apparently they the original cut of the episode didn't have the doctor in the beginning as quite as much. And so the entire scene with that police officer outside the TARDIS about his fiance <laughs> saying yes, RTD added it so that there was more doctor in the beginning part. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, so, but apparently it's only it, <laughs> apparently it's only also a first episode sort of feedback that they, they look at and go. Uh, maybe this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you're good after that. Well, and I, I think that there's there, you know, sometimes you think, oh, we, I, I can't stand when uh, the bigwigs come in and meddle. But I can see from their perspective of we're introducing a whole new audience to this show. And this is probably what's go- we're going, you know, from a from a perspective of overseas and non fans, uh, people are going to people already know enough about this from other uh, areas of fandom and, and other areas of the world. But here with a new audience on Disney plus, 
you're going to have to give you're going to have to introduce the doctor to me a little bit sooner and i think they could see that and so i i kind of respect that well and, and even still as fans we don't know this doctor yet so we want yeah, to see this doctor true. And it tells us a little bit more about this doctor, the fact that he could turn around and tell this guy these things and would take the time to do that in this situation, I think speaks a lot to his characterization Yeah, and felt a little bit like the eighth doctor to me. Yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right. That's a good point from the movie. It's very, yeah, it's yeah. very much eighth, eighth doctor. Yeah. Answer the second essay question. Yeah, exceeds. <laughs> <laughs> It'll look easier, but it isn't. It's a trap. <laughs> um, the best thing, and I, I'm very happy that I'm the one to get to talk about it. <laughs> Nobody's brought it up yet, so I'm going to pounce on it. Is mastifying gloves. <laughs> <laughs> the intelligent gloves. All the mass and density and mavity <laughs> exists in the glove. <laughs> I cheered. Yeah, I think mavity's going to be around for a while. Yeah. And first of all, what a cool... <laughs> this is this is like psychic paper. This is the stuff that instead of, you know, inventing something that's going to allow you to assemble cabinets late at night, this is the kind of thing you need to be working on. <laughs> be because in your job, you you do you do a lot of running and you do a lot of hanging, and uh, yes, something that would take the weight off your hands and allow you to just—that's genius. Mm -hmm. This is the psychic paper of this era. Well, and I love the fact that they don't even look fancy. <laughs> They're literally just black gloves that have this light up in the fingers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's 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 still so intrinsically Doctor Who in the basic simplistic version of the technology that you can have because it's not some shiny you know disney sort of fancy glove that they would then turn around and try to sell they're normal black <laughs> gloves <laughs> that a kid could go and try to pretend they have mm -hmm. at home yep. it's it's so great it's very clever i like the fact that we haven't thrown aside though the sonic screwdriver or the psychic papers they've just now we've oh, no. added to the arsenal of gadgets yes. that the doctor will be using matt smith would have had a power glove <laughs> yeah like a, a nintendo literally a nintendo power glove with yeah. some doodads stuck on it and it's obviously something he's gonna need and that and it, the fact that they can run out of charge still gives the show some drama yes. that it could not work at some point if it, we ever need them not to it adds just oh, that or, edge. where's your intelligent gloves oh they're charging yeah it adds just that edge of realism to it as well which i kind of like yeah and they died quickly mm -hmm. you know we got to climb one ladder and it was like oh three percent better put them on you know. <laughs> <laughs> i mean that this is like a canine charge it was like oh <laughs> <laughs> now i don't know about you guys um but i had been watching the music video which is basically lifted straight from this story and have actually fallen in love with the Goblin song. I think even within the context of the episode, I think it worked really well. Um, I don't think I want to see them. It's even better within the context. Yeah. I don't think I want to see them doing musical numbers all season long, but I think in certain situations it works. And I think that I was taken aback a little bit when the doctor started singing and yeah. then bringing Ruby in. Cause the Goblin King, oh the Goblin King, it's so good to meet you, you great big thing. I can see you're having a fun day. Meet my friend, she's Ruby Sunday. It's good to meet you, good to greet you, good to say how diddly did you. It's my birthday, my oh my. I'm 50 miles up in the sky. Goblins you can go to hell, cause you're not but it made sense in a way because it's how he's communicating on their level because that's something that they are that that's their thing and so he's able to communicate and distract because he's already concocting this plan in fact he brings ruby in not to just you know <laughs> have her have a verse but also because he's working out the, the rope Me and Bruce, we got just one hope <laughs> if i have understood that rope Stuck up there when things got hard. I think about the master and not. The master and not has been undone. That's when we start having 
And so I thought that was really cool. Not to mention, it's not the the lyrics there. The lyrics that Janice uh, Goblin sings are very crafted. They're very well rounded. They're they they're saying what's happening, but they're it's very descriptive of what's happening, but it's very co- cohesive. When the Doctor and Ruby start singing, it's almost as though they're having to make it up on the fly. And I like mm-hmm. that their words weren't as crafted as Janice's because it makes more sense that, you know, we're having to come up with these words. So it really kind of on that edge of it's good quality, but it sounds like it's, you know, being improvised. And I liked that they did that. Well, and they, they smartly also had Ruby established as some sort of musical mm-hmm. background to right. her because she's in that club playing with the band. So it's also not without the realm of possibility that she could start improving some song, some lyrics mm-hmm. or sing along to something that she's heard. I mean, it it totally makes sense within her character as well. So there's a few things that were left behind here. Um, first of all, we've got the mysterious. I mean, we're, we're setting up mysteries for, I think, the rest of the series. But um, we've got the mysterious woman that dropped off uh, Ruby at the church. Um, do we have any predictions of who that might be? I know I've heard some people say that she has the short pants and the Jody shoes. I don't <laughs> think it's the 13th Doctor <laughs> dropping her off. That would be kind of cool, but I don't think they're going to go that direction with it. Um, I did appreciate the fact that we still have not just glossed over any of the 13th Doctor's era and that timeless child yeah. idea and the fact that it's being addressed still. Yeah, I, I was adopted. I just found out. Um, but not heavy handedly. He's not trying hard to continue that story, but he's also trying very hard not to drop it. And I like that. I think that that's well done. Um, so we've well, got the mystery. He's handling it. He's handling it in a way unlike the previous doctors would have, where they would have been, oh, no, me, I just found out I was adopted. And uh, it's just, I I found out I was adopted recently. Right. Just kind of matter of fact. He acted a little sad about it, but he was also matter of fact at the same time. It wasn't a a big thing. Right. I suppose to be, just, just to be clear, it's not so much the adoption that, he is would have been theoretically upset about it's the i was you know abandoned oh, the, yeah, the abandonment you know, yeah probably the, probably the more of just found out about it yeah. part of yeah. it <laughs> just to be clear yes. now admittedly yeah. The, yeah. the the quote unquote adoptive parent for <laughs> the timeless child that's a that's a whole, yeah. whole that's other thing a little more, that's, little that's, more that's, toxic <laughs> we we got to get some child services on Gallifrey involved in that one but mm. uh, yeah so yeah this one yeah yeah, Tet One was no uh, Carla Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> but yeah, back to my original uh, question: You guys have any speculation who this woman might be? I, I have I, one, but I'm going to save it for your next question. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, I, 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 I love, I love the idea that it's Jody based on short pants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, not that I think it is, but that people are making that leap because there's only one person in the entire universe with a fashion <laughs> sense that bad to wear those short pants. Yeah, sure. In winter. Not? In winter. Um, you know, I, I love the, the, the people who are going, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's Ruby, you know, that she's going to wind up rescuing herself at some point and take her to church. Uh, I've seen the Ronnie. I've seen, uh, you know, just, and it's like, I've seen the master as well. Maybe it was just a good Samaritan guys. (laughs) Um, I think that (laughs) I I think I'm on, I'm in, I'm on board with the, it could possibly be Ruby, uh, rescuing herself. I think that that's, that is something that I could see Russell T Davies kind of feeling like that's clever, you know, bringing it back Mm -hmm. around. So I, I think I'm right now I'm on board with that theory, but I'm not a hundred percent behind it. I'm going to go with the the, the, the last Jedi um, thought that she's nobody. She's a, she's it's nobody. Just, yeah. She's nobody. She's just <laughs> some person be. that it picked her be. up and took her to the church. Said, "I found this." Well, I'll move on to our next one because they introduced the character Mrs. Flood, and Mrs. Flood breaks the fourth wall for the first time since well, the first Doctor, I think. And uh, <laughs> and um, so there's a lot of people, of course, speculating who this might be. What are some of your guys' thoughts on this? I'm not who sure who she is, but I think she is the woman 
in the cloak dropping off Ruby. Yeah. I've seen that speculated. Um, there's obviously been the people out there that have said it's River Song. I don't think that's even going to be the case because River Story no. has played out. They have done River. I don't see them bringing her back. Um, a lot of people have said it's could be Susan. I think since the actress is still alive and willing to come back, I think that Caroline Ford would be. It would be a disservice not to have her be on the show as herself before turning that character over to another actor or actress. And so I don't think that they're going to go that route either. Um, I have seen probably the, the, the biggest one going is the Ronnie. That seems a little like something Russell T Davis might do, but also it seems a little too obvious at this point. So I'm not sure that that's the case either. What do you guys think? Well, you said, you, you, you said, uh, Keith, what do you think, Sean? I think the key factor here is the breaking the fourth wall. It, it seems just kind of on the surface that it's a cute wink and a nod. And haven't you seen a TARDIS before? And that's the part that everybody is, oh, and focusing on that. The character broke the fourth wall and addressed the audience directly. That, to me is the clue and says that this character is somebody with immense power. Mm -hmm. It's not a regular old time Lord. It's not a regular old villain. I could see it being the, the toy maker in another form. I could see it being somebody we've not been introduced to yet that has also come over from outside uh, the edge of the universe. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm inclined to think. Someone we haven't met yet. Mm -hmm. And I, uh, cause you know, there, there's, there's one thing, there's, there's something to be said for, Oh, we want to see the Ronnie. Oh, we want to see this. We want to see, I mean, I want to see him too. Don't get me wrong, mm -hmm. but you're, 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 you're essentially relaunching the show on a new network, trying to get new viewers. You got to do new things. If you continually throw up, these are the, the, the previous baddies, you're going to lose that new audience because they're going to feel like they have to invest in 60 years of who. Mm -hmm. So I think the toy maker was probably, you know, here it is. Here's your, here's your, you know, the bone we're going to throw you for the season. And I think everything else is going to be new with maybe the occasional, you know, cameo from, mm -hmm. from, from, from somebody previously. But also I think that, um, we have to think back to there was the one that the, that the toy maker ran from. So there obviously was somebody yeah. out there that even, even in, intimidated or the, 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 the toy maker wasn't willing to go up against. So there's still that element out there that this could play into what this is based on kind of how you've explained it, that they've somebody powerful enough to be able to break the fourth wall. And I think this well, is also the boss, the, the meep referred to yeah could be well and he also mentioned my horde obviously i don't legion. think the, the goblin or the legions legion, were coming yeah. yeah i don't think the goblins were the legions so i think he, it was more generic i have enemy or uh, allies that are going to be coming in from all different sides so mm -hmm. mrs flood could easily be one of those among his legion that fits the bill that's true I kind of hope the legions are going to be next year's Christmas special. And it's just going to be an army of, uh, 10 soldiers <laughs> An iron legion. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's done it once. Oh, had not entertained that thought <laughs> until just now. Oh, I've got goosebumps. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we're I think we're hoping a little too high, but okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if he was going to do it, you know, saving that up for another holiday special, mm -hmm. yeah, that would be the time to do that's it. How you, that's how you get away with it. I think that might have been why he was so insistent to start it with the 60th anniversary specials and hand it off to Disney with that setup in order to go into the first quote unquote first season of, of Doctor Who because a lot of that 
those threads that he's set up in that uh, three parts of the special or three specials uh, are going to, I think there were a lot of hints and keys in the, all of these, the, all of this lead up to the next season. So we'll see where it goes. And I, I really think Mavity is going to wind up being more than just a running gag. Hmm. Yeah, could be. Well, it's, it's showcasing at least as of right now, the the splintered multiverse timeline mm-hmm. idea, mm-hmm. which is not something that we've really had a lot of in Doctor Who before. Not um, in the show proper. Not in the show proper. Yeah. But the idea that, you know, we changed something and now the universe has skewed into this new tangent where all this is going on, but the old universe still exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that could be something that, is going to be played with down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's wrap up. What final thoughts do we have on the church of Ruby church on Ruby road? I really liked it. Uh, I'm looking forward to more of Shooty's doctor and actually watching this one. I agree. I think that this really, I think I, I fell in love with Shooty in the giggle. But I think this one is the one that really cements my love for the character and how he's playing the Doctor and how he'll continue to carry the Doctor through uh, into the next you know few seasons. And I'm really excited to see what we can do with it. And and I'm I'm completely on board with Ruby Sunday. I think she is a terrific um, character. I think somebody said it best, and I guess I suppose depending on how you feel about these past companions, but somebody said it best that if Rose and Clara had a baby, it would be Ruby Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That is definitely what it would be. That is not inaccurate. (laughs) (laughs) Sean, what about you? Final thoughts? Um, I I, I really enjoyed it. As I said, I'm I'm totally on board with uh, the, the, the new rendition. Uh, of the doctor. I think Shooty's going to be fantastic. I'm very excited to see where we go with Ruby. Um, I hope that she's not just a plot device. Um, echoes of Clara there, but uh, uh, just, just kind of thrilled with the, the new direction. If we're ranking things, I would probably say this one for me is the weakest of the four specials but not that that's necessarily bad it's just that i enjoyed the other three so much more you know what i mean yeah it's it's a very it's a very close separation i I think i think part of what those previous three at least for me it was comfort food yeah yeah. and this is something new and different so yeah that's true and i think it's fair because i think there was a lot at stake in the three previous specials and there was a, we, we were tying up some, some loose threads. We were tying up some, uh, the last series and we also had to make it really epic because it is the 60th anniversary. And I really felt like there was a lot going for it. This one takes the tone of a Christmas special. And I think mm-hmm. it, it in turn works for it. And I think that's why it probably lands there with you because it doesn't take itself as seriously as those specials did or didn't feel like it was carrying as much weight or needed to carry as much weight as those specials did. And so it kind of lands in this other area that isn't necessarily even maybe comparable to those three. And so I can see why I can see why that would be. Yeah. It's, you know, not only a Christmas special, which kind of, they have their own language with, uh, certainly under RTD, um, but it's also kind of still a post-regeneration story. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess yeah. don't really know how much time has passed from, you know, when he left. Wouldn't it be uh, a post-by-generation story? A post-by-generation <laughs> <laughs> And as we all know, those can be a little wonky. So. <laughs> all right, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well... New year. Yay. We roll into 2024. New year and old who. No new who. <laughs> so we're going to go back to some old who. We're going to uh, continue with our exploration of season 6B. Uh, this will be uh, following on now 
from the uh, the second doctor's appearance in the two doctors. Mm-hmm. So we've kind of caught up to that benchmark uh, with some uh, big finish audios and uh, short stories. And then we're going to look at. Uh, 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 I'm so happy a return <laughs> to the eighth doctor adventures. We're returning, yay! <laughs> where we had last left off in series four. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll be going back for some more McGann. And then we have, uh, you know, some books and, uh, you know, the usual assortment of goodies for you uh, that are coming up. Lots of fun stuff for the new year. Well, of course, you can find this all at our website, TravelingVortex.com. If you get any value out of the podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on that Patreon link on our website and support us there. And when you do that, you can unlock more audios and specials from us. And uh, if you could even give just a dollar a month, that would help keep us uh, going here at Driving the Vortex. Also consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. Anything else we need to chat about before we close this one? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.